News, views, opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. It's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. Hey, welcome to Right On Radio. Sorry we're late, folks. We're doing another show because we had such technical difficulties, and I apologize to you for Tuesday's show. It was so good, the information Tom gave out, but it was unlistenable because of my the echo that was going on. We think we just figured it out. It was on Tom's computer. There was a little setting thing that we worked out. Look, we're all doing this, but we are going to blame it on the deep state anyways, because they don't want to hear what Tom has to say, of course. But listen, just before I bring Tom on, I do want to make an announcement uh, because many people, you couldn't hear me last time. I did make a couple comments about Jesse that are very important. Jesse is still on assignment. She has been very busy. Uh, she is coming back. She's going to answer your questions of these stupid accusations that have been given to her, but she'll give all the answers. By the way, they're recycled. She's answered them before, but she's going to come back strong. And if you're in the chat, you might just see someone special in there today. I'm just saying. But now it's not all about Jesse, although it really is always all about Jesse. <laughs> but today we're making Tom the focus of the broadcast. Tom, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. And thanks for enduring through all that to get this going. <clears throat> hey, listen, it's our audience because our audience loves you. And there were so many complaints about the echo. And, and I went and listened to a bit of it. It was unlistenable. It really was. So, Tom, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come back on. Uh, we're going to give a different show because we have zero show prep. But I still do want to make the point that uh, that we made uh, last time, and I'll just get to it, and then we're just going to ad lib and maybe even look at what some people are saying in the comments section, and maybe some of you can have direct access to Tom, the ones of you who are lucky enough to get off during this time and be able to get on the show with us today. So there was a general point, and if when if you, so those of you who sat through the show, Tom was very vulnerable with the last show that went on, we gave Tom's story and it went back to the Robertsons. I'm just recapsulating Tom, if you don't mind. Um, and then, and then essentially we gave the life story and what's happened is he has been living inside of his script. And I wanted, I was really driving home the point, the closing message of that show was that Tom created his own story and it's kind of a warning when you look at the new age stuff that's going out there and they, you know, the secret manifest anything you want, listen, folks, it works. Okay. There are spiritual laws that back it up, but the key to the whole thing is, and I'm just summarizing, I could go on this for, topic for hours. The key is everything is created in the spiritual world and then it manifests here in the physical world. The difference is, which spirits are being used to manifest it? Is it going through God, the creator, our God, the salvation, or are you trying to manifest just wealth for yourself or something like that? And for, for instance, the spirit of mammon comes into your life and grants it or, or different things. And so one of the things that happened with Tom, um, it, it, my thesis on it, it at least was that Tom had this beautiful divine gift of this script. He was faithful in getting it out, but then he got surrounded with, by demons. And look, it, I, not Tom has always had a good heart all the way through this, but you know why God let Tom go through this and be tested? Well, one day we'll know. But for now, Tom, that was a long introduction. But did I did I miss anything that you, to to that general message? No, not at all. And what it's interesting when we have our sessions and talking back and forth with your wonderful audience, it's like things come clear. They just click right in, pop, pop, pop. It's when two or three are gathered. Suddenly it just comes through. And one of the things that came through was like I was given it was like a Job story. And then the idea was if I went through all this and had all this taken away, like the sons killed and things like this and the work taken and, and every job, then others would say, okay, look, if Tom can go through that and still be standing, and have his heart and compassion intact, then we could do it too. 
And so it's like being a frontline person where you you volunteer to drink the cup, you drink that cup, and you go through the horrors, which people have been saying, okay, if Tom has done it, they'll tell me, like, you went through this, it gives us courage, and it gives us the ability to see it through because we know you've done it, so how dare we not? And so it's just like you're leading a pack. It's really great through the darkness. But you know what? You said something very important there, Tom. Uh, you drank that cup. And so when you drink a cup, a cup, you empty the cup. And, you know, I've heard so many sermons on this, but it holds true. The more you empty that cup, the more God can fill it. Right. So, you, and, and listen, when you just like Job, and I think Job is the appropriate reference mm -hmm. compared to your life, uh, because your life has been very extreme, losing family members and their sons and, and all kinds of different things. Right. Um, but yet, at the same time, uh, you know, going through that, you really did get emptied inside. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. No, no human being can go through that unless you're one of those Kabbalists, you know. Right. Uh, but now, you know, God is, uh, I believe he's going to restore you, Tom. Well, you know what's amazing is um, it, the dark side of all these things. What they do is they copy, they claim, they take, but they don't have the original spark the flow um god's connection and so what happens is it's all shallow ripped off and empty what's interesting too is an avatar which avatar i was told and it was on tape from the contact from warner brothers who worked at the court offices court um department of records in western division in california he was supposed to handle me and send me to the handoff firm and in his conversation with me he said that avatar it's just like avatar the same thing, same attorneys ripping you off and how much you're worth is the same as the Avatar group. In Avatar, they say to the main character, um, it's hard to fill a cup that's already full. And he says, believe me, my cup's empty. And so it's very interesting. They stick everything in the films and their series that tell us. I was watching um, Walking Dead last night. And what's interesting is um, they say, it's interesting because the one thing uh, that they had I tried to copy it and it was in English when I took the picture. Now it's in Spanish. It's really bizarre what they can do. And what's the picture, Tom, for the listening audience? I'm dead when they said something very important, they spelled out exactly um, what their tactics are and they put it right in front of you in their own pieces. They're, that's to be clever. Okay, but, but we have most of our listeners are audio only. They're not watching the video. Okay, well, that's why I'm asking you to describe the picture. Okay, the picture shows um, one of the main characters that endured the worst. Um, her name's Carol, and she's gone through everything and lost everything. And her sons too, parallel. And she says, um, "Encourage your parent." Oh no, it says now it's in English. Encourage your paranoia about us. It says they're saying what they do is they encourage paranoia about them. Then it says, "Which will push you into bad decisions." See the harassment and everything. He says, "I'm going to enjoy watching you rip each other apart." So what they're doing is they're spelling out exactly. And then it says, no one is actually kind. It's the dark is whispering to us. And it says, we are selfish. What they're doing is they're sending the messages constantly through their work where they're ripping off ideas, but they're also putting their philosophy through. They believe everyone is dark. Everyone is selfish. That they're going to enjoy rip us ripping each other apart. Well, the selfish is the new religion, Tom. It really is. It's I, the I new worldwide religion right yes. now. Yes, it is the railroad trip to the one world order. And I look at my siblings that have been bought, they've become monsters, completely selfish, completely into any reward they can get. They've metamorphosed into something that I don't recognize. And what they do is they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do anything for the rewards. It's like a dog waiting for the next bone. And this is my own so-called family that went through this. And I watched uh, Aiden, my son, and what he's gone through, like he did that wonderful video on redpillrising.org and that wonderful video we made. Then the other side claims that he never existed that I fabricated him. Well, he's my last living son, a student, soccer, honor classes, everything. And he just turned 14 or 15, you know? So it's like this amazing boy who's been denied a life. He watched everything taken from us, from jobs to everything else. And the tactics they use are fascinating. These are intense tactics where they even say information meetings, fact-finding meetings. When I have a fantastic job, like I had in New York, unbelievable position. They have information meetings where they contact your employers and they say, don't use this guy, he's crazy, go on and on. Then they offer rewards, threaten if you do use him, lose everything. 
that's happened time and time again. That's how far these guys go. So with us sitting on what we have, copyrighted by the U.S. Copyright Office, clearly. And for the listening audience, he's holding up a copy of his copywritten script, The Immortals, in which the movie The Matrix was lifted from, and they butchered it. And they're claiming this is eight pages long. Does it look like eight pages? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and everything's well, in there. I have a copy of it, Tom, and I've read through it, and it really yeah. is a brilliant script. Well, you see the Jacks, the neck, don't you? The train station scene, little girl, the mirrors, liquid mirrors, the ending, identical figures, Christ-like figure. They even keep the Neo. Yeah, they keep Neo with uh, facing off because they had to replace him. with. They didn't want the Christ in there, so they made Neo play that role. Well, Neo's not supposed to die, but they had to replace him with somebody because the Wachowskis didn't want him there, and so did Warner Bros. And so you've got the same scene where I have um, the Christ figure, identical figures, is hit and is only his palm bleed, palms bleed. He looks down and looks up again at the ar architect. And it's like, what you have there is Neo doing the same thing. Blood looks up again. They kept everything. And now we know they made it up as a shot on set. So it's just like unbelievable that they're saying they that now. Too, they, were, they were too lazy to pre-read this whole script and follow it. So they just started from a point and said, let's add special effects. That's right. That's right, Jeff. And then in articles, they say they're hoping they used up the rest of the story. If you're saying you hope you used up the rest of the story, what are you talking about? If you wrote it, of course you'll know. But they're saying in the article, last thing they said in Matrix 3, when before Matrix 4 comes out, when Matrix 3, on set, Joel Silver even said it, the producer who claims to be everything about the Matrix, he says, I, we hope we used up the rest of the story. And he says, we hope when we watch the rushes, which is the final shots, that the, it all ties together. Well, wouldn't you know if you're bankrolling it in Hollywood? If you're bankrolling it, wouldn't you know if the story ties together? No, you would say those things if you're making it up on set with the original script I'm holding up again for audio listeners in hand. And that's okay. what the fight choreographer says they're doing. So, Tom, there's a question that I just saw, and I know we have a lot of new listeners, so I'm just looking for it. Uh, but I think it's important that you answer. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to put it up on the screen from Chris. Didn't okay. Sophia Stewart write The Matrix and win court case? Tom, answer the question, if you may. It's uh, a legitimate big, question because that's the public perception. Absolutely. Big N-O. Big no. And what's interesting is her number one man is Nicholas, um, Nicholas Jackson. He was the one that came to me and said that he wanted to, you know, uh, when, when Sophia Stewart first contacted me, when the news first broke, she was on the phone. She is in-house with Warner Brothers and they put her there as a plausible um, claimant. And that was Warner Brothers did that. And so what happened was the lady for Altered Carbon, which is Joel Silver's ripoff after having all my notes and everything through the throne case, he has also a lady pulled from University of Southern California, USC. Now, Sophia Stewart was pulled from University of Southern California, USC. They take failing students and use them for great reward and honor. So you take failed ones and you make them into stars by giving the work to them. That way it's in-house. They keep the work in-house. Now, Sophia Stewart did not win her court case. That Her number one made that very clear. He said, no, she didn't, she didn't win. He was the one that helped her with it. This is Nicholas Jackson. Now, Nicholas Jackson also said that she was an in-house witch. He says they use in-house witches. Sophia Stewart, if you watch, um, there's a, a wonderful link that actually Nicholas sent me, Nicholas Jackson. And he says that he was there the whole time with her. And her job was to trash, destroy, mislead, and handle me. And he says this. And then he sends this link where it explains completely online that Sophia Stewart's work was simply a blend of Christ story with Star Wars. She didn't have anything original and it had nothing to do with the Matrix whatsoever. But she had a 33 page manuscript, she calls it. Nothing to do with the Matrix at all, nothing to do with my story. Yet she's supposed to be the claimant. What's interesting is when I came forward and she's supposed to handle me, she lost it when it was shown. I was contacted by the story department, um, a man in the story department from Warner Brothers who told me about all the inserts in the first graphic and matrix. That's when Sophia Stewart lost it with me. She couldn't handle it anymore because it says my high school, you know, my dad's name, my birthday, my name, all in the first graphic by the Wachowskis. I'm holding up a diploma from Central West High School. Central West is Neo's school in the first graphic. My dad's name is John. 
in the first graphic, the interrogation scene that they ever did, never shot, is my dad's name is John. You've got Anderson, my Scottish clan name, Thomas Anderson, my name used for the main character, and also a double name, Neo, the one. You've got, um, uh, what is it? Uh, July 22nd, right? Which was interesting. In 1999, the only records I was being erased, the only records I had for my birthday was July 22nd, Jeff. July 22nd, audience. And so they had that on there. And then in Animatrix, they correct it. And that's what you see right here. Of course, it's not going to show properly. I'm not, what I'm doing, holding up a clock face. And that clock face, oh my gosh, I'm going to have interference. I'm going to have interference here. The clock face I'm holding up, you can see it kind of there. It's from the Animatrix. So they correct it in 2003 when they shoot Animatrix, when Joel Silver is on set saying, we hope we used up the rest of the story. 7-2-59. The black hands are on 7-2-59. Now that's my corrected birthday. In 1996 and 99, it was listed as July 22nd. So here you have the Wachowskis putting my high school, Central West, my name, Thomas A., John A., my dad's name, Anderson, our Scottish clan name, in the column, TA 4099, TA was 40 and 99, I was, and then you have July 22nd, my birthday, as on records in 99, 96, but in 2003, when it's corrected, here it is, I'm holding up the clock face from Animatrix, 7, 2, 59, on the dot, my exact birthday, and then you have in the red hand, 4 past the 4, very clever, 44 in 2003, always putting my age up, so you got my age in the red, my exact birthday in the black. You cannot. That's winning the lottery 10 times. They're, they're mocking you, Tom. Yeah. But so just, just to answer Chris's question, what happened in the court case itself? What? How did it end up? Warner Brothers did a situation where they wanted to save face of their main handler, right? That's an in-house lady. So what they do? They didn't show up. So in a default thing on a malpractice, they don't show up. And therefore, did she win? Did she actually have legitimate claim? No. They just let her default through, see? And that way they keep face and she saves face, their main pandler and player. But did she win and prove Matrix? Not at all. Not a shred no, of it. And, and you're still fighting this in court, Tom, for the record. Well, the thing is, yes, Jeff, what, the, what we have to do is first educate the public. And that's the real battleground. That's why we get shut down. The planes fly over. The cars pull up. We have the um, uh, all kinds of, like, if you go to redpillrising.org, Look at all the interviews that are struck, 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 struck. Now the Wachowskis actually are involved in YouTube. So what happens is I do something. I, I even smile or smell. It's gone. I'm gone. It's bury the person, bury the person, bury the evidence, alter the evidence. And they always have players coming in to organizations that I work with. Um, each one of them has told me there are people inside that were brought in. They didn't know who they were from Adam or Eve. And suddenly they're throwing everything askew. Then when we go forward and everything is working well, they all just disappear. I've had three different companies I'm working with that have said something that people just disappeared. They just disappeared. They just disappeared. So that means we're in a new chapter near the end of this long ordeal and story. My feeling was if I endured this, if I took the bullets and the slings and arrows and endured this, then it means they, they're saying you've won the chess game, Tom. Well, if they're saying that, I got to finish the job. And it takes good people with me. I can't do this alone. So thank God you're there, Jeff. And thanks God there's people that are actually following this and getting it. If you put the Wachowski side by side with me as the author, let's hear each other talk. Let's have us each explain what it means and see what happens. They're going to babble like idiots. And, and you know, one of the things I think for people to truly grasp the story, Tom, is, you know, you had this incredible script and the script was, well, I, I've used the words prophetic because it turns out everything in your script is kind of happening today, right? You know, yes. the technologies that came out, no one had thought of this stuff before. No one had put it in. You know, Star Trek bought Battlestar Galactica didn't have this stuff in. You had a very unique script. And what happens with these Luciferians, like they, they, they want to control the message of how their plan gets out because they kind of knew that this is their plan. Yes. But you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, there's billions of dollars involved with this movie. Like it, it's, well, it's over a billion dollars now, right? So that Tom would have had to have been paid, not talking gross receipts because the writer, the creator 
makes most of the money, the, the producer and then the actors. And you all know how much the actors make, right? But right. the actual writer gets really big. So if they can steal a script and just shaft this guy, give it to one of their inside people who are just on a payroll, hence Sophia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they save a lot of money now for her to go out and to, to propagand it and to go along with this thing, they give extra money. And so she's probably done very well. She probably lives in a nice house and she does not want to give up any of this stuff. So she'll continue the thing, but I would implore anyone in the listening audience, go listen to an interview with her. Just listen to her speak and then tell me she wrote the matrix. Right. And the same thing with Wachowskis. Go listen to them on their interview with Bound and tell me that they wrote this stuff. They did. They made it up as they went along by simplifying everything from the script. What they did, I'm holding it up one more time because this, this is the baby. This is the one that the key. They took from these pages every idea and simplified it and lifted it and just wanted credit for it and didn't care if it made sense. They said, let audiences figure out for themselves. And so on set, they're just pulling out every idea they think is cool in a visual storyboard in hand also. But the thing is, like the train station scene in mine, or in say ours, has a liquid mirrors, has a little girl being pushed forward by their family for a, to enter a world they think will be a better life in the program. And the only way you can enter that program is by taking the red pill. And the thing is that, that there's a crowded scene, but they simplified it to save budget. But look at the complexities in that scene as it's originally written, Copyright and Immortals, preceding Matrix. It has the liquid mirrors as security devices, that only the elite in the program can pass through those. So that's how Neo gets trapped between worlds is he can't get through the liquid mirrors. So what they do is they like the idea of the train station seeing the little girl. They separate it. They make it simple. They figure out they can do the special effect with the mirrors. Yes, and then they take that, right. And then they have a red pill, blue pill held out. And the thing is like, they totally reverse the meaning of it. And the public swallowed that. Think of it, Jeff. A red pill and a blue pill. What do you think is the good pill? What do you think the one that the author, original author would pick as the good pill? I like blue. I think blue means serenity, peace. Red? Nah. Like the red shoes? No. But we're all saying red pill now. And I'm saying red pill rising because I have to adjust the audiences and have them understand. But in the original work, the Wachowski strip it, we all swallowed it. They have Morpheus from the train station scene ripped apart from that to a separate scene where he's simply holding out two pills like Alice in Wonderland. They draw from what they're familiar with as they make it up as they go along, ruining the story with rehash. So there's the two hands out, red pill, blue pill. He has a choice. Neo doesn't get a choice. In the original screenplay, he's handed the red pill. You take it or you and your family die. You don't have a choice. You take that red pill and you swallow it, just like the public's being done right now. Red pill doesn't mean you're awakened. Red pill means you bought into the system. Blue pill is the bootleg pill in the original script that underground comes up with to enter the program to fight this. So take the blue pill. Hollywood's version is the red pill. That's the ripped off version we've all been fed. Well, they want you to go the wrong way. Yeah, and so we all say we've been red pilled. Don't be red pilled, be blue pilled. Well, go back to the work, look at the evidence and see it, what it really is. It's it's really funny you say that is now that I'm thinking about it. You know, Jesse's introduced the concept and we've run with it on the program a lot about, uh, the, the dark side of the system and the light side of the system. And all they're saying is follow the light side of the system. Right. And you know what? You don't get a choice, Jeff. In real life, we're being offered the red pill and everyone's saying red pill. I've been red pilled. That's all you get from them. But here's the original author with the blue pill saying this is the only way we can fight them. And that is this screenplay and that is our faith and that is our trust in God. One thing we do have too, which they don't have, is feelings. When my siblings, my sister and my brother sold out, my cousin too, when they all sold out, the feelings went in the freezer. And that is the phrase they use. They no longer have feelings. We do. We're supposed to. We're to be dynamic. God wants us to have these feelings. So yeah, it hurts when they do what they do. But we keep going. I even tell my son, we keep our feelings intact. Those are gifts from God. To feel. Then they claim when my sons are killed, the the parties that are bought, like my sister and brother, they'll say, Tom has no feelings. He doesn't feel for them. He doesn't feel for anything. Well, then why are you saying that I'm I'm dangerous, crazy, and calling you and saying I'm suicidal, which I'm not? 
And these 302s keep happening with SWAT teams banging on the door with no-knock entries into my home to pull me away where they don't tell you who said what about you, but you're being hauled off yet again. Where they'll railroad it in Canada, in Pennsylvania, in Texas, wherever I go, California. They yank you away from your family. And yet again, Aiden will lose his dad. Aiden is an A student, soccer, honor student. He is amazing at everything he does. Made that amazing video on Red Pill Rising, and he does exist. And the thing is, the other side doesn't have to do with that. So he's cut off from all family activities. Why? Because if nephews and nieces, cousins meet with him, he's going to say his daddy's good, that he loves his daddy, that his daddy's not a bad man. Can't have that. So they cut Aiden from every single social activity. He has not even a birthday card. He just had his birthday. Not one from any relative except his mom and grandma. That's how much they work. Meanwhile, the sister gets onto the floor of Congress, a picture of her, by an FBI operative who's actually our congressman now and works with her daily and gives her rewards daily, trips to London, black tie dinners with engraved invitations, trips to the Caribbean. She's an unlicensed elementary school counselor. That's the lowest of the rung in the psych field. How is she having churches? A a housemaid that takes care of everything, house cleaners. How on that budget? Hollywood just waves the wand and there it is. My brother was Spielberg and Disney. So what you have is a situation where this is it, people. This is what they do. Look at my face, Jeff. Do I look like I've been through the ringer? This is me grooming. It's it's impossible. Yet they put on pristine images, well-groomed and everything. Some looking like ladies that are guys. And they're reading off a script. And they not only take your work, your intellectual property, they take your ideology and claim it. There's a gentleman whose initials Unless are, you join their club, Tom, and they did right. offer that many times to you. Many that's times. That's an important point that need many. for any new listeners who haven't heard your story is, you know, Tom, you're an elite. You're now, one I have of a us card. now. I have a card from the FBI that says, please extend from Sheriff's Department through the FBI. Please extend <laughs> every courtesy, courtesy to Tom Althouse. That's before they pulled the rock. See, so they went that far, didn't they? And then the gifts I have, the chessboard from an African chief, and it's it's also ha- it's made of fur, different fur, and you have um, uh, this engraving by the same man who's a CIA operative, who was in the Masons, who brought me into the Masons, and said, "We're fans of your work. Um, you'll be blown away by the knowledge you'll get. Just don't try to make a difference. You're one of the elite now." That gentleman then trashed me and blackballed me after they pulled the rug. But the point is they go through this extent because they're collecting, they're collectors. They're gonna go ahead, like Joel Silver says, he doesn't create art, he acquires art. They're collectors. And one of the honeypot wives that was sent my way to replace the original honeypot wife, she told me, and her initials are ST, she told me, and I'm recording that, that I was their star player on the bench, the golden goose, and that they had me on the sidelines until I actually behaved myself they're going to marry me into the family, literally marry me into the family. Warner Brothers has a guy named Patrick. We'll just say that name. He went to Columbia University. He's their main lead intellectual property attorney. This woman who approached me, her sister's married to him. So if I took the offer to be with her and she had a red pill necklace ready for me, I was to go to Idaho, raise alpacas, but not claim the work. And I'd be having Thanksgiving dinner with a man who orchestrated my fall. No. That's how they do it. They put you close. And by the way, if you, the listening audience, don't want these evil people to come up to you and give you this offer, then wear Right On Merch. Visit rightonmerch.com. Let people know you're in the fight against them. Yes. What an awkward transition, Tom, but I have to put out commercials. That's all right, Jeff. You, you got to do what you got to do. And let's <laughs> say, I'd say to people, please support Right On Radio. Definitely. I'll tell you what. The temptation, and you've been approached, Jeff, multiple times about me. What they do is they contact everyone from Sarah Westfall. She's a dear. She's a darling. Her whole channels was struck. Look at look at the site. You know, it's like, and she redid it anyway. She had the courage to. Red Pill 78, whole site struck. And who called me to tell me that was struck the very day they were struck? Sophia Stewart. Let's take it back to her. She calls me on the phone to mock me. Then they do all the talking points as a handler. You're not going to win in ca- a court, in case, uh, court case because it's already been thrown and it's ruled with prejudice. All the evidence has been blocked. Then she said, you can't make your film because uh, they'll put an injunction on it. Well, the only way they can put an injunction on it, Sophia Stewart, is if there's similarities. If there's similarities, we win our case. So they're saying there's none. So with Jackson, everything is going to come forward. We got them checkmated as the actual contacts say. 
So the thing is, if we make this film, I'll hold it up one more time for the audience that's listening. I'm holding it up one more time. The baby, the real deal, the original script that Wachowski's used on set, gold sealed, bolted, cannot be denied with the direct signature of the director of the copyright office, supervising copyright specialist is right there. Acting director, registrar. So the thing is, it can't be denied. That's the key. If you support right on radio, if you help support what's left of my fragmented family, if we put the money together to make this work, even if it's stick figures, Hollywood falls, the whole structure falls, the power changes. They have been contacting me and saying, Tom, if you come on the inside, we're going to run you for president. I kid you not. They're planning to put billboards up saying Tom Aldhouse, the genuine article, to run me for president if I'm under their auspices and control. Again, right now that's going back a number of years. This isn't a new offer for no, you, that was right? back in 2016. Yeah. Wow. And so what happened before they when they were courting again, right? When they were dealing with the Batman family. So you've got these players that are coming forward. They they try to handle you, and suddenly you're surrounded by them. They'll infiltrate any group. And here we are in a, at a bright spot oasis where, yeah, the hammer's still coming down. But we've got a possibility to make the film. And please support those that are actually telling the truth. Right on radio is telling the truth. You're not going to see us much anywhere. Don't believe mainstream media. It's owned by six corporations, basically. It is in the control of the Hollywood cartel. It's not going to tell you the truth. It's all gleaned over for sensationalism and effect. And it's almost like that movie Network. Just don't fall for it. But dig, use critical thinking, and look at the faces. If we look haggard but sound intelligent, chances are we are. We've been beaten down. There's a man whose initials are J.R., he is out in California, Hollywood with his wife, groomed, spotlessly groomed, living the high life. And he comes on, he's teaching about Matrix. He sells his books for a fortune and also his lectures. He talks about every one of my ideas because they're farming my ideas through him to take credit for that, not just the screenplay. And this man, this JR, when I was handled in Canada, the first thing the guy said is, you got to watch this man, this JR programming. Right away, they put it in your face that this guy, see it, to create despair if they can. But this JR is actually saying, too, that it just came to him somehow that Pat Robertson is going to do a second coming, faking second coming with, well, where do you get that? From me. But they can't explain a source for getting it. So they just say it just came to him while he's living the high life in Hollywood. If you're like us telling the truth, unless you're in their employ, you don't look well-groomed and you don't live in Hollywood. You're getting wiped out. You're on the run. Your kids are dying. Your people are being bought. You're being fed people to become your replacement circle. Your siblings will be bought completely and bragging about every reward they get. And boy, are they big. Boy, are they amazing. Mm. So, Tom, would you be willing to take a couple questions from the audience? Please. Can they go live? I'd love yeah, to we're, we're live. Uh, you should be able to see the chat as well. Can they talk? Do you want to have them call in? No, no. We'll just uh, we'll just say, see the things if, uh, right, no, if we have some questions coming in. But before, uh, so I'm just giving some notice. If you want to put up a question, uh, please type it in all caps if you can. That way, it stands out from just regular chat. Um, and by the way, I want to give a special thank you to uh, our moderators today who came on in very short notice, including a a moderator in training, you might say. It's probably her one and only time being a moderator, so uh, please do enjoy having that uh, special moderator in there today. She's going to be back on air sooner than you think, and I cannot wait because it is going to be big. But listen, uh, just before I put it, listen, if, if you have a film company, if you're in the business, if you know someone who's in the business, Look, Tom's got a copywritten script, and just with the publicity of him coming out with this script with his claims will make it a winner. Uh, the, the film can be made for a lot less money than what Hollywood does anything for. Like, we, we'd do it for less than what you'd pay the one lead actor, honestly. Uh, so if someone does want to, uh, you know, if someone wants to get into this, if someone wants to help make the film and you know, you have access to capital or something like that, then contact uh, right on Jeff at gmail.com, put matrix in the uh, subject line, and I'll make sure to uh, 
to get back to you. And by the way, it would be not, nothing loosey goosey. It would be done through corporations and all the the right ways to do it uh, for protections and lawyers and all that stuff. So all on the up and up. But if you want to uh, help fund or make the matrix, we want to talk to you Excellent. as long as you're not in the cabal. Right. And Jeff, what I'm feeling too is it, it, like that's with power of God. It just like sends it through. And that's how we have an edge on the other side. We can move quickly. And they're like, how'd you get that? How'd you guys know that? How'd you move so fast? But you have the script. So feel free. If you feel something's legit or someone calls in as legit or a group or company or studio, you have the permission to send it to them. And what's interesting is they've had players come along and say, they'll see the script. And they'll say, we have to see everything you have. They're trying to fish for free discovery. And they'll get the script and go, I don't see the train station scene. You don't see the train station scene? It's on page. I don't see it. You don't see the liquid mirrors? No. It's a, they just play this game with you. It's almost like a no one's home. Yeah. So Tom, Katie didn't have a question, but she said, just want to let Tom know I love him and will always believe in him. Oh my, that's the words. Uh, that's the choke up words. It's like, if you, if you know people that go through this and other authors and we're fighting a battle, thank God the Wachowskis put all those inserts in there and in the animatrix with the clock face and everything. And, and actually a scene in the animatrix where Tom Park all houses across the screen backwards. The words we love to hear or we need to hear is I believe you. That is, is the big phrase that just hits the capstone. And thank you so much for that, Kitty. Thank you so much. And Becky asks, have you had feedback from Pat, the wannabe Antichrist Robertson? Yes, much, 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 much. And they're very clever about how they do it. They'll send uh, former students my way and they'll start spelling out about, you know, how what happened to me there. They were aware they were there at the time. Students that were there at the same time I was when all this went down, when the germ for the matrix story. And it's like, they'll explain about what's going on behind the scenes. And you have this grade situation where it's not black and white. People that are involved in this kind of swimming scenarios, what they do is they flip back and forth. You have people that want the carrot on the stick and the rewards, but then when they see you being successful, they switch ships and they'll come your way sort of and give you information because they, they want to do whoever's going to win. They want to be the winning ticket. They play both sides. And so it's really a muddied arena where you have people helping you, then switching, then coming back. I'm so sorry. I'm with you. I'll be there 100%. Then switching. It's this ping pong game that happens with all these different people, the tug of war. And then you have true hearts that remain true the whole way. My son, Jeff, right here. That's why I say support right on radio. Oh, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, I love this one. This is just another comment. We're getting more comments than questions, but that's okay. You can comment on their comment, Tom. This one, I just like the name, Rage on Track. Their time is up, game over. And then the lightning bolt symbol, which uh, really shows you know Lucifer being cast out of heaven. And by the way, that's why you see that in ACDC and things like that. But in this case, I think it's sending them back down. Well, I want to comment on that too. That's really very timely because what happens is think of it this, it never hit me this way either. If you got a group that's connected to Luciferian practices and things like that, the main powers in Hollywood, they're connected to certain government groups with them. So if they're profiting off this and have a Luciferian spin on everything, and they actually call you through a main contact and say, you've won the chess game, Tom. You, they're afraid of your power. Think of that. That's like hell saying, we're afraid of your power. You've won the chess game. We've got such a responsibility and such a key. And it's right, literally, right in our hands, right there, like Jeff said. We make this, it's game over. They know it. So they're count, they're trying to say in response to no one's gonna do it. No one's gonna be interested in the story. It's already been done. You know, no one's gonna care. Let's show them we do. Let's turn the key. They're saying it's it's evil saying you've won. So what are you gonna do with it? Let's sling that stone. Sling the stone to take down the giant. Yes. Absolutely. And like Absolutely. you said, Jeff, it won't take a big budget to do it. And people will see <laughs> in the Matrix, preceding 1999, this is copyrighted, preceding 1999, showing everything from Jack's the Neck, the train station scene, in its integral complexities. So I make up words too, but it's all there in its layers. People will see, it's a test of copyright law, that it's layered instead of strip simple where the Wachowskis don't even explain it. And at the end of the shooting, they say, we hope we used up the rest of the story. And then saying, is it meant to tie together? That's the words of those that didn't understand it. And that's why people from inside Warner Brothers call to say, 
We've got the winning hand. We can change the whole world. The whole power structure falls apart because we've got through the net. We got mm -hmm. through the net. So this one is, a, it, it's actually very interesting to me because it's ex almost exactly where I wanted to go with you, Tom. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay asks, Arizona audit tomorrow. Are the tides about to change? And is it in your script? Yes. In fact, even the fake Oval Office is in our script. Is that wild? What Hollywood does to try to be clever is they're imitating art. They imitate art. So like Jeff said in the very beginning, he, they put us in our own screenplay, us. They put us in our own screenplay, those outside the program. And so, what so doing, how, how does the audit sort of thing, and obviously it's not Maricopa County, the DT, but how, how how is that in your script, Tom? What, what well, I would say, say it's, it's the crumbling part where the Oracle, yes, I have an Oracle, he's named Parks, and it's not an African-American woman, Sophia Stewart. No, they, they cast Sophia Stewart out of USC to be that because she looked like the Oracle. They made her look like that. So audiences would visually go, oh, she must be the author. That's garbage. It looks like the character. That's just Hollywood monkeying around saying audiences are dumb. But originally he looks like me because I'm all after myself. But the Oracle actually does. He is picked because he beats the Robertson character, basically, in the, in the architect too. And you have this idea where he then is drawing the people in a group. He draws the people. And that's what you're watching, Audit. You're watching the crumbling of their system. They're losing the grasp of their hold. And it's through the arts. That's what's amazing. We're doing it through the arts. What a wonderful, peaceful, serene way to bring change for our world. What a wonderful change in a peaceful revolution. Artists, we have a pen. We don't have swords. We have a heart and compassion and passion for others through our work, for the children, for the elderly. And we're making a difference to art. That's a revolution I could get behind. Amen. And I've I feel got a it. sword. I do. I apologize. In I fact, I keep it right beside my desk. Excellent. And, and, and by the way, I have, a, I have a big physical sword right beside my bed. <laughs> I actually love the elegance of swords and the history of swords. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, I do. Oh boy, I can tell you a funny story about that, but I won't go there today. Well, um, go ahead. So listen, I, and I want to get to uh, he loves me's uh, question in a moment, but where I wanted to go, Tom. Actually, let's do that question first, and then I'll go to my question for you. Mm -hmm. So he loves me first says, "Does Tom know anything regarding Matrix Four? A lot of hype about that right now, Tom." It's it's a great question. It's a great question. And I love the picture, by the way, and, the, and the, the name title. But yes, I do, because they make sure I do. They actually call me up. Context will call me up. And even through Nicholas Jackson, Sophia Stewart's former number one, she trashes him now because he's has helped me and revealed stuff. But the idea is that I was supposed to know about Matrix 4, and they actually asked me, could I write Matrix 4, and how fast could I write it? Would I be willing to write it with Wachowskis? These are contacts asking me this. And I said, I could write Matrix 4 in a month. It's, as they say, Tom Althaus's world that he created. That's what they're saying. Now, I don't, that doesn't hype my head up or get me inflated with a kind of ego. It just makes me realize they know this is creation coming from God through me. And it's a world that we created together, you know, that it was channeled through. So they say it's Tom Althaus's world. Even in their expert testimony, expert witness, who was a joke, he said, Tom Althaus created a fantastic world. So from Hollywood's viewpoint, they take God out and say, Tom created it. Tom created this world. It's common knowledge for all the studios. They're waiting to cash in by coming on our side and working with us if the audiences catch on. But we're not going to take that offer very much, are we? We're going to work with studios to actually make the original work and keep audiences first and the public first. We don't look at you as a mob. We look at you as essential. Each person has the essential place in God's kingdom and on this earth. You're here for a reason. You're not chaff. You're not a mob. You're not something that is in the way. The elite are, are not special. They're not special. But those of us that many of us are being cast aside, it's like Mozart's and Shakespeare's. Even a critic said it's like the work is like Mozart and Shakespeare. It's like it's simply people who want power. They're missing out on the rest of life because that's all they focus on. The contacts say they, it's all about power to them. But what about compassion and feeling? And I'm feeling it right now. Would if you had a storyteller coming up to you by the fire long ago, would you want the one that's plastic and just talking like mechanical? Or do you want that actually feels the story, lives the story, is part of that story with you and cares about you? That's the movies I want. 
That's the stories I want. And the authors that actually feel are being shut away and trashed. They're having their families destroyed, their work taken from them. They're being tortured. But the thing is, if we keep going and see this through, we now have the key to finish it where we can open up a golden age of film where all the other writers that have been ripped off will have their day. They'll wait till you see all the works coming forward the way they were supposed to be done, not ripped off and handed to inside people who were failures in Hollywood and given the work. So they have Well, and, and they're failures. And so this, this question here from Deborah, common channeling, because, you know, I think great artists do channel from somewhere. Uh, you certainly have made that claim personally, and I, I can testify to you that, uh, you know, in music channeling is done uh, very often. Uh, yes. That's how art is created. And uh, so talk to me a bit about the channeling that happens in well, the process, Tom. That's the amazing thing about this is that as when this was channeled, Hollywood thought everything had been, quote, done under the sun. Everything had been done. They were blown away. Bonaventura, this man right here, I'm holding up a picture of Bonaventura, who claims he uh, shepherded and discovered, the, discovered and shepherded the Matrix story. Interesting. Where's the Wachowskis and Joel Silver in that? That's the man I pitched the story to. That's the man I pitched the story to, and he claims that he discovered and shepherded it and was one of the only few that understands it. Yeah, because I answered all his questions when I pitched it in New York to him, and I was asked to. The interesting thing is that, that none of the suits in Hollywood understood it. Nobody understands the work. You can't shut the original author out, but with a common thing, what happened uniquely was all these things, including what Jeff said, the tech, Neuralink, iPad, all these things back in, what, 92, 93 being channeled through? And all the ideas like the train station scene and everything else had never been done before. Robot-like agents, never been done before. And here they all flowing, 190 matchups, flowing that these Hollywood got drunk on it. That's why so many studios had to take on the work they wanted and actually put the copyright. What did they do? They put the copyright under my title and their film companies. I'm holding up a sheet from the copyright office, the Immortals title, 342 other titles. Well, another one, the Army of Darkness, under De Laurentiis, who courted the Wachowskis and was working with Wachowskis on Assassins, and Credit Linus, Linus Bank, Nederland, which is the biggest investment firm basically in the world for film. Then what you have later is when I come forward, it's just strictly my title and all these subtitles to create slots the copyright office go under just the investment firms. Dean Lorenzo's got cold feet, took his name off it. So what you have is my title without a body of work, which can't exist. You can't copy just a title, but they did create slots. All those subtitles created 346 other slots. They can stick my, the take studios had in. That kept all the studios appeased and happy <coughs> but common common channeling it does yes it happens and that's one of the things they say in hollywood saying oh they all get it you know different even a general get it or this person will get it well, the same they, they teach actors to do that uh for for characters and so channeling is very it's very demonic however i'll say there is a christian alternative and that's just shutting off your mind and letting god speak to you well, remember, you know, exactly. And, and, shut, and shutting your mouth sometimes and letting God speak to you. And what's really wild is that when God gives you a cup and you volunteer, and I said, I'll do it. When I had this word coming to me, like I looked for someone, I found no one. My first response was, I'll do it. I didn't know what I was getting into. You're given the cup and you're said, you're told it will not be taken away. Internal thought is given to you and the feeling. And then you're trained. And then you go through the storm. If someone, if God says to you, I'm looking for someone and found no one, uh, if I had half a thought at that point, besides I'll do it just voluntarily blindly, I would have thought, well, there must be something really heavy involved here where you can't find anybody to do it. That's probably a job nobody wants. But I volunteered instinctively, impulsively, and uh, then I'm given the whole story and it just flows, and I'm laughing and crying at the same time. Promises. Went through the storm, and I was told that I would lose my... Like, I'd feel forsaken by God through the story. And I thought, there's no way that can happen. I feel strong with God. I did. I did. And here so we are. Kevin asks, what does Tom think about Mel Gibson, speaking of a uh, a God thing? Wow, Kevin, you are, while you're tapped in, that is really amazing. Because Mel Gibson is the key, key guy they went to to make a plausible story for how the Wachowskis get connected to Hollywood. You have Wachowskis who... Failed at painting, contracting. 
dropped out of school. Their mom said all he did was create, play video games. They're basically sci-fi um, groupies, right, that are fans of the work. And so what happens is they claim that Mel Gibson discovered them. For what? They didn't have any work produced. Carnivore and Plastic Man is what they claim, but it's never been done even now. And that's what they're really peddling and pushing. So Mel Gibson, what happens to Mel Gibson? Oh, how do I feel about him, first of all? I like him. I like Mel Gibson. But he's been involved in the theft, but I thought, that, you know, I still like him. I mean, I still like humanity, even though this has been going on. But he was given Forever Young. Forever Young, in 1993, when my script's going in, Forever Young is being done because it was also set through other channels, through Disney, through Robertson's group, through Disney. Ned and Judy Nankovich, right through Disney. They got top positions in Hollywood's uh, Universal Studios and Disney Studios. There goes my work in 89 out there. But in 93, Mel Gibson does Forever Young. What's Forever Young? If you open the pages here that Jeff has in the first script, and Jeff, you have it, you mm -hmm. have Forever Young. You've got Forever Young. You've got an uh, allied uh, officer or whatever who's cryogenically preserved, whose wife, Helen, Helena, is um, not aging or aging. He comes back unaged, seeks her out, finds her, and then they start to age. But the thing is, that's the beginning of the immortals. And what's the name of the wife in Forever Young? Helen. What happens? Mel Gibson's character doesn't uh, doesn't age, goes and seeks her. Just It's the beginning pages. They wanted to use up the story, take everything valuable out of it, capitalize off it, and they take it and give it to Mel Gibson. And it was what was called an insurance film for audience members, insurance film. I've been learning this from the inside. They keep telling me things and teaching me. Insurance film is like the producers, the play producers with Springtime with Hitler. What you do is you create a film badly and you just scuff it out there. In fact, the Wachowskis had a book, something like How to Make Millions in Hollywood Without Spending a Dime, about making B-movies. They would not make my movie as complex as it is, but they wanted the work so badly because they liked Jackson Neck. They want to do it for real, they said in articles. So you've got B-movies being made to capitalize off assurance income, make bad movies, cheap, and you make a profit. Don't care about audiences that are seeing something great and clever. Well, what happens is they do Forever Young and Mel Gibson's brought in. Now, what was I trying to do? Introduce Christ to mainstream media. It's a great question, Kevin. And so I was trying to have, the only way I can end this with a store figure with the Christ figure at the end, facing off with the architect. That's the only way you can do it, or architect's son. And so what does Mel Gibson do? he starts bringing Christ to mainstream media. So it did get through. Isn't that something? Passion of Christ, all that. So Mel Gibson knows exactly what's going on. In Braveheart, he has the main character at the end, picture in hand that the, his wife had made, dropping from his hand. That's exactly what happens in The Immortals. The Neo character, or Jim, drops the picture that he's been holding all this time of his wife from his hand when the wave comes over him, the fire wave. So Mel Gibson knows exactly what's going on. I, I still like him, and I think he'll come through. I've had many, many contacts saying, Mel Gibson may want to talk to you. Would you be willing to talk to him? The answer is yes. Same thing for Keanu Reeves, but Keanu Reeves went out for his party buddies, the bikers, and started going back to, let's collect and have fame. So he, didn't, he was thinking about actually doing the real movie. Contacts were going back and forth from England with him, and he freaked out about the Immortals title. So he knows exactly what's going on. He saw the real script in hand on script, on set. So, Tom, you had mentioned the ending, and the ending of yours brings back the Christ, and it goes against, you know, the it's the big war at the end. And I think just before we wrap up here, it's it's always a pertinent question because life is happening so fast right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from the last time you're on, not Tuesday, but the time before that was what a month, month and a half. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the world's almost changed since then again. Now we have these, uh, specific passports. We've got to watch our words and things like that. Uh, but you know, just, just in comparison to your script and and I'm just saying that because no one can predict exactly how all this stuff is going to come out. But using your script, which has been pretty accurate mm -hmm. uh, to this time, mm -hmm. where are we in the script and what's next? We're right at the ending sequences where the architect is courting the Oracle to replace those that were in charge of steering the public. So right now you've got the studios courting in a sense, dagger in one hand in a sense, contract in the other. They're basically saying, you know, look, 
the public's not going to get it, Tom. Your real fans are those are us. We know it's your work. It's common knowledge for all the studios. So come on home. While they've been destroying star player on the bench, quote. So what they're trying to do is it's the Oracle goes through the same thing. The architect son meets with the Oracle in the screenplay, the mortals, as you see, as you saw. And he's offered, right? He's offered a deal if he'll help bring the people out, right? But he brings them out. He does. He takes the deal. He says he doesn't need anything. They say, we can see that. And so the architect thinks, the architect's son thinks that, okay, the Oracle's going to go along with us. But he's replacing the bad Oracle. See, Wachowski simplified that too. They make no sense of the Oracle. And so what happens is this Oracle who seems ambiguous, replacing the bad one, is chosen by the architect to do the work, but he actually brings the people out for Christ and for God. And that's what we're doing right now, Jeff. That's what we're doing. So we're right there. We're at the bargaining table. Wow. That is, is pretty wild. Well, Tom, I want to thank you. And I want to thank all the listeners for coming on in this very short notice. And, you know, we really did this, do this in short notice. Um, Tom, the audience just loves you. They believe you. I believe you. There's no way anyone could have this type of intimacy with that script. Well, and plus you actually holding up the proof of <laughs> it's your script right. and, and I have it. And so, uh, Tom's site is redpillrising.org. And if you want to go on there, uh, and watch his son's video, it, it's really quite touching. It's only about what, three minutes or so, uh, three to five minutes. I, I haven't watched in a while, but, uh, uh, also Tom has actually been quite active on Facebook. So if you look up Tom Al Althouse, A-L-T-H-O-U-S-E, uh, you'll find him there, and uh, you, you have the picture of you and your son, was it? Yes, it's it's with Last Days on Maui, where he's on the, my shoulder on the back of me, like a piggyback, and we're looking at the camera on the beach. And um, there's also, like I said, please support Right on Radio. I know the audiences do, and please continue. And we have a PayPal on our site. I hate to do this, but there's no way around it. We've got this money game our, our world has right now, and there's no way around it. And I can't wait till that game is played and beaten where we don't have to worry about it anymore, where it's based on compassion, but it does help. And what we want to do is put in the credits of the film when it's made, whatever studio may come forward, Jeff, to actually do this because it'll be huge. Like even the Hollywood people say, if it gets to made, um, we want to put in the credits, thank yous to anybody that actually donated to see this cause through. And wow, that's yeah, pretty that's big. It'll be a part of living it. history folks. Yeah, so we're collecting that so it immortalizes everybody and puts it in there as a you know thank you to all these people that gave, especially during the time when it wasn't popular to give. So thank you. Amen. Well, Tom, I appreciate you coming on, and yeah, and, and please do support Tom. Where do they find that PayPal? It's on. It's right on the website redpillrising.org. And <laughs> some people may have trouble getting through. I've had messages uh, where people have told me that when they post a comment, it gets struck. They'll say that um, they'll try to call and they get static. Um, they'll post something and it won't go through to me. Messaging won't go through. Emails will be blocked. So right now we're under the gun. It's like they're trying to squish the roach with their thumb. That's, I think, how they see me now, the golden roach. But the thing is, like, we can do this. And once the film's made, it's like the Batman family. The paparazzi told me about the Batman, Bill, whatever family. We will, if the public's educated and they speak up, it's all going to turn around. We will hold the keys and the power as God has measured us to do. And... Absolute power doesn't have to corrupt absolutely if we've been trained and measured by God to be his stewards and have gone through the fire, the furnace, we've come out prepared to do our job and not be tempted. Amen. To do our job and not be tempted, yeah. particularly in this hour, folks, like, you know, no one knows uh, where this thing's going, when this thing is ending, when Jesus is coming in the clouds. But I'll tell you, I feel it in my bones and, uh, well, uh, I, I don't think it's eminent. I don't think it's eminent, but it's, uh, it's, it's coming quick. And Jesse and I both kind of feel that, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot, obviously, but you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's getting down to crunch time folks. And, uh, you know, it, listen, you, you know, uh, and if you can support Tom, please do, uh, we have new courses available on right on you, right on you.com. Uh, if you want to support us that way and get some good education, we've got a new course coming up from Jesse. Lenka's course is absolutely phenomenal, and I'm still honoring that uh, coupon Supernatural for Lenka's class. Uh, so check that out. You know, uh, look at the, just watch the video and see if it's for you. 
that's there. I think you will. Creating Wealth, uh, the coupon is still up for that. All the coupons are in the description box. And plus, I have a, a pre patron, and Jesse has a Patreon. Uh, if you're able to support, hey, listen, um, you know, I'm not going to be as bold as uh, asking for a tithe or anything like that, but look, I'm, I'm able to give more to people in need right now because I'm not attending a regular church and uh, I'm able to help out some more people and perhaps that uh, that's something that God might put on your heart as well. If not, we ask for your prayers, prayers for Tom, prayers for Jesse and myself, and we will continue to pray for you. So having said that, I want to say thank you for watching and uh, sorry about the other night, but we'll get it better the next time. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.